Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis people who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Hope you're all doing well, Stephen. Liam, how are you doing? Good, thank you, Rich. How's things with you? Yeah, good. Good. It was a good. It was a good fancy week. Um, I think the less said about the actual NFL. From my perspective, probably the better. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, swiftly moving on. What about yourself? All good. Um, unfortunately, didn't get to catch all of uh, the Packers game on Sunday. I had another wedding. It's uh, what happens when you have friends that aren't in uh, in the NFL world. You have weddings on a Sunday, so it's just not on. It's just not on. It, it's not. It's, I find it's so strange, isn't it? Two years ago, we'd have been saying a, a Sunday wedding. How crazy is that? But so far this year, I've been to a Thursday wedding, a Monday wedding, and a Tuesday wedding. Which, yeah, people are just I guess that's the main. That, that's well, it's, what, it's what happens when you can't have a wedding for two years, isn't it? Exactly. Yes, wishing. Exactly. But, uh, but before we dive into everything, keen to remind you that uh, support for the Five Yard Dynasty podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in below the waist men's grooming. Uh, we still have an exclusive offer for you, uh, so 20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use the code 5YARD. Um, it's, it's very simple, guys. We talk about this a lot. We've talked about it now for a few months. It is a fantastic product. If you're not using it, I can guarantee you are missing out. Uh, it, is, it is a, a very impressive bit of kit. 
Um, so Liam, so you had a, a, a little a little sip of something there. It, it looked a little bit pinky. Have um, we have we got have we gone back to the um, the, the pink cocktails? No, have we got a cocktail of the week. No, so this week I wanted to do uh, pina colada, but I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of them because it's got coconut in, and I'm not a fan of coconut. So uh, pineapple juice, coconut cream, and rum. That's all you need, and it should taste nice i don't really know i've never made one but the pink drink you're looking at is vimto remix it, it's some good stuff what's a vimto remix it think of vimto um and then it's just like a different taste of vimto it's a bit more fruity it's a oh, okay. squash it's squash okay or, Fine. Or I, I thought it was American. some i thought it was some strange um knockoff of a of a cheeky vimto no, it's not a cheeky Vimto. I've had too many of those. I was going to say, I thought I thought you were going to say you were too young to say know what cheeky Vimto was. But yeah, that no, was that I was my a... uh, early years at university. There were plenty of cheeky Vimtos. I have a friend that's a big fan of port, so I, I, I know too well what they are. Yeah, I'd like to say we definitely weren't using port for it when I was at uni. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no way on my student budget I could uh, afford port. Um so yeah, so let, let's just dive into it. Who who were the uh, the highest scorers of the week? So a couple of new names in the top threes across the position. So um, for those that are listening for the first time, high scorers we use four point uh, touchdown for quarterbacks and PPR scoring no tight end premiums for every other position. So quarterbacks we've got Tua as QB one on the week um, after all the trade rumors um going around he threw for i believe it was four touchdowns 300 plus yards or something along those lines rich um he had also and stafford as well so anyone want to point out too also had two horrific throws for interception as well but yeah there was there was a few (laughs) competent throws in there I think more than a few, Rich. I think you're giving them a bit of a hard time. (laughs) But yeah, um, at the quarterback position, you also have Burrow and Stafford. So Stafford is a name that is doing really well. And Burrow had a great week, an absolutely great week. Yeah, it was was strange, wasn't it? I I expected that uh, Bengals-Ravens game to be a bit of a shootout. It, It was slow to get started, but it... It kind of eventually turned into something pretty special, didn't it? Um, I think, look, Joe, Joe Burrow is is on an unbelievable tear at the moment, largely buoyed by the fact that he can't keep throwing deep touchdowns to uh, Jamal Chase. I, I do think there's probably a little bit of regression from, from that side. But, look, we, we kind of came into the season hoping that Joe Burrow would solidify himself as a you know an elite hot QB1 moving forward. Um, and to me, I, th- I think he's absolutely that. Um, I think he's he's kind of solidified himself in that probably eight nine range. Um, I'd throw him in a tier with probably Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, and in, in that sort of mid to late QB ones. I don't know if you'd agree, um, but look, he's he's looking fantastic, and with the weapons he's got, it's hard not to bet on fancy numbers, is it? Yeah, I had him as QB. I think it was seven before the season, QB seven, QB eight range. Um, and I'm happy to keep him where he is right now. Uh, I don't see much movement within that that tier at the moment for me. At the running back position, we had Kamara, we had DeAndre Swift, and Damian Harris making it into the top three. 
Yeah, nice, nice to see Kamara back producing, wasn't it? Um, we had a monster sort of, first half. Yeah, but we've you know since Wince James has come in, we've seen those targets decline, and for him to have a ten catch game was uh, was very pleasing to see. Definitely, um, hopefully, hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Um, I, I guess probably the less said about Damian Harris's opponents, the better. But um, <laughs> I think it's an interesting one because I think if people are just box score watching, you could easily see you know potentially him as a sell high right now. I, I do think that that Patriots offense, you know, that offensive line is is very good. It is a power running game. We see that, you know, they're basically not trusting Mac Jones to try and win in the game, which means that Damien Harris is always going to have a decent workload. Um, but I, I, I just, I'm not convinced he's anything more than a kind of volume based RB two. Um, and and that, as you as you all all know, that that's kind of scares me. Yeah, I think the other thing you need to mention is Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, the rookie, was not a part of that backfield on Sunday. So that would have also uh, helped Damian Harris get a lot more touches. It was interesting, though, down the stretch, they basically um, took Harris off. I mean, it makes sense when you're like 40 points up. Why not? Well, but JJ yeah. um, J. J. Taylor was the one that was getting the goal line work. So it could have been an even bigger game for Damien Harris if they hadn't have, uh, have sat him on the bench to, to kind of rest him. Well, the Jets put up a bit more of a fight. It's hard. It's hard when your your franchise quarterback goes off injured. It's oh, I can imagine for any team, it's um, you know, particularly a team that's not exactly got much about it at the moment. But when you see your quarterback go off injured, it it sort of knocks you. And I think look, it's it's already a lost season for the Jets. The only thing that mattered this year was Zach Wilson producing and the offensive line coming together. And we've seen Zach Wilson now injured, Mackay Beckton now injured. <laughs> it, it kind of feels like okay. Let's yeah. just wait. Let's just wait four weeks till they're both back, and then we can start reassessing how the season's going. That was just a little dig at you. I didn't. I didn't mean anything by it. But I do. I will say that Zach Wilson didn't really do much before he went off injured. There was a bit of a, a Patriots lead, shall we say, before he went off. Anyway, I just think that was a tough game for him, regardless. Um, so moving on to the wide receiver position, we've got Cooper Cup as the wide receiver one again. Uh, I don't know how many weeks that is now. That's got to be probably it's four pushing five. It's um, absolutely incredible. Then you've also got Jamar Chase in the top three once again. And then uh, Mike Evans, who gave away Brady's 600th touchdown ball um, to <laughs> a fan in the crowd. And then the fan got an absolute haul from the books to get it back or from Brady specifically, should we say. Um, but yeah, that there was some... Um, Crazy um, scoring games there. And you also had, at the tight end position, you had CJ Uzama go absolutely off uh, for the Bengals. Pitts, without even a touchdown, got wide receiver, uh, got tight end two um, scoring there. And then Mike Gesicki also topped that top three. I think that's an interesting top three at the tight end position because you've got CJ Uzama where, yes, you know, credit to him is very impressive, but basically half those points were on a, a blown coverage. I mean, Javon Holland, I don't know what he was doing. He, ca he came down to cover <laughs> nobody in the middle of the field and Xavier Howard's thinking he's got inside inside help and CJ Zuma just jogs past them both for a touchdown. It was horrific. Um, I think the Cole Pitts, look, you know, I, I, I'll take some flack. I'll hold my hands up. I, I said that the price we were paying on Cole Pitts was ridiculous. 
still kind of believe that. Um, but I think, look, he's he's absolutely producing. But we've seen the last two weeks that he's actually being used how we hoped he'd be used. You know, he's not a tight end. The last two weeks, he has not been used as a tight end. And I think that hopefully Arthur Smith has finally realised what he's got in Carl Pitts and how to use him because he's stopped, you know, lining up so much in line. He's spending over a third of his time as an in-line tight end. You know, that's not, that's not Carl Pitts. He's basically replaced Julio Jones, which is where he's suddenly blown up for these last two weeks. And you've seen him running more routes as that extra receiver. We've seen the, the you know, the Falcons utilised him, I think, three or four times as that ex-ISO. So you've got the three receivers to one side and you've got Carl Pitts alone on the, the solo. And, it, and basically what that does is that forces the defence either to go too high in order to shade a safety over Carl Pitts or to go pure man over Carl Pitts. And there's not a corner in the league that can cover Carl Pitts one-on-one, which I don't know why, why the Falcons haven't been using it more often, to be honest. You know, Arthur Smith's a very smart man um, and he, he, he didn't do it hardly at all in the first three games. So it's interesting that he's finally doing that. But the, the big one I'm keen to talk about is Mike Gesicki. We talked about him last week as, is this finally the breakout? You know, we, we've seen consistent production we've seen him put together a few decent weeks and he's done it again I think look, he's had four top 12 weeks so far this season he's had six top 24 weeks so when you know he, he, he's producing you know what what more can you want from him um he's up at my tight end eight now and I, I really think that he's very close to that Noah Fantier um do, do you think that Kasiki, someone that you're buying into that this is the real deal or do you think it's a case of once we start to see Will Fuller return, once we start to see you know the other parts of this receiving game come back Mike Kasiki's going to disappear? That's exactly what I was uh, I was going to say is that my biggest issue is who else do they have as wide receiver? I mean you had uh, Waddle get injured during the game We've had a couple of other injuries around there. Parker has been in and out, I believe. Uh, and then you've you've also seen the other tight ends there get targets. It's not just Gasicki. You've also got, um, is it Smythe or Smith? Which, however you say that one. Smythe, yeah. um, and Adam Shaheen get targets and not just one or two. You, you're talking over three for both of them last game at least. So do, do you think that, it's just going to be the, the fact that there's a lack of wide receiver there and that there's a lack of what, uh, receiving target. Or I think look, for, for me, I think it, it's down to that and all of the tight end targets will drop. Maybe the percentages between them will stick to how they are. The share between the tight end position is set in stone, but I, I really struggle with Gesicki getting this amount of targets on a, on a long span for the, for the stretch of the season, basically. Yeah, and I think that calling him a tight end is even more ridiculous than calling Kyle Pitts tight end. I mean, Gazicki runs eight percent of his routes from, from yeah. wide. Like he's he's not a tight end. He's listed as tight end, but it's ridiculous. Um, I think look, it's it's interesting if we see Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Jalen Model all back fully fit. Yes, there's probably not going to be enough targets to go around for for Mike Gazicki. As you add into that, you know, you've got Miles Gaskin, who's looking very good as a receiving back out of the backfield. Um, but, you know, can can we sit here and say Will Fuller's going to play every week? You know, he's, he was much maligned. He finally proved himself that he could stay fit last year. 
He then got PED suspension. He's then come back this year and now he's on IR with a broken finger. Devontae Parker, like, I loved Devontae Parker coming out of college and I was the biggest Devontae Parker stand when he came out and I was so excited for that fifth-year breakout. But the guy can't stay healthy. Preston Williams, we're now in third year. He's come back off that ACL. Is he going to kind of stay healthy? I just think that, look, Mike Zicke, he's producing and good things happen for that Dolphins attack when he's targeted. I said it last week and I'll say it again. I think that it is, uh, you know, he's a freak athlete. And I think that whilst we might sit not see these crazy high target numbers that we've seen over the last two, three weeks, I do think he is a plug and play tight end, which, you know, when we're talking that tight end, eight, nine range, give me Mike Kosicki over Dallas Goddard or Logan Thomas or Tyler Higby or Dalton Schultz or Hunter Henry. Like those are the guys that go in in that range. And to me, Mike Gesicki is a cut above those. I think if you can bridge the gap between Gesicki and Pitts and try and get Pitts with Gesicki coming off these great games, I think do it every day of the week. Obviously, don't pay two firsts on top of Gesicki for Pitts. That's a bit ridiculous. But if it's the matter of like a second on top, then why not? Um, I think at the moment, the way I see Gesicki is so high. Potentially, I, I just think that I don't think you're ever going to sell high on a tight end. That's not one of the elite ones. I think that, that, you know, like you, people just don't value the position. So what are you getting for Gazicki most at the moment? A second. That, that's why I said bridge the gap between him and Pitts, because if you can get Pitts, I think Pitts has ha- has got that I think if you upside. Could, um, I, I love the idea. I love the idea. But I think if you can buy Carl Pitts in, in any league right now, you're a braver man than I, because I wouldn't even want to go and ask what the price is, because I reckon everybody's quoting, you know, obscene, obscene numbers. After probably. Last weeks. Probably. Um, may, maybe even then a, a Kelsey, maybe, with, with yeah. him struggling a little bit more this Absolutely. year. Um, Absolutely. So moving on to the significant news, we've got less than previous weeks, but a couple of big, big um, storylines. So first of all, Pat Mahomes went out of the game with a a possible concussion. Um, He has been cleared, but we could see some lingering effects there. Um, Is there anything you wanted to speak on that one, Rich? Because I know that could be a big injury if it does linger. Yeah, I know there were some rumours that he got concussed and obviously Andy Reid came out and said that he, he cleared concussion protocol. I think well, it was a really nasty looking injury, wasn't it? You know, his necks, necks aren't supposed to bend that way. But if if he's fully fit, look, you're firing him up. It doesn't matter how bad a you know, couple of weeks he's having, doesn't matter how bad a stretch that Chiefs offence is, is having, you're still starting every option that you've got in it. You know, you're still starting Kelsey, you're still starting Hill, you're still starting Mahomes and you're probably still starting Daryl Williams and there's nothing you can do about that. I've been on record saying that I really believe this Chiefs offense is, you know, a, a kind of a fire ready to just blow up and, and go crazy. And I, I still think so. You know, Mahomes is still the absolute 101 in any Dynasty Superflex. And if you can get, you know, perhaps a slight by low window, I'd be going and asking the question because I think people are seeing, you know, what Kyle Murray's doing and, and the likes. And if you can pivot off a offer my homes to, to Kyle Murray plus maybe a little bit thrown in. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, if you can pivot from Kyle Murray yeah. to my homes plus a little bit, then I'm definitely doing that. 
Um, so moving on over to the Browns, Odell Beckham Jr. has a shoulder injury, could be out one to four weeks, depending on further reports. We haven't seen anything since the uh, since the game, so we've got to see how that one goes. But that could be a frustrating addition to this season for Odell. Um, Darren Waller has an ankle sprain, um, potentially minor because he did get added to the um, the injury report pretty late on. It was just before the game, I believe it was on Saturday, and um, and then he was declared out as a game time decision. So, with it being such a late addition, maybe we see him this week. Um, but um, Foster Monroe uh, Moreau. Right, yeah, that's the one. Um, he had a great game. Um, I think he was cute, uh, tight end six or seven on the week. He, he had a great game, yeah. He's been been one of my favorite stashes. That to be honest, I've probably given up hopes that he'd ever turn into anything. And I think I let a few shares go once because it looked like Waller was never going anywhere. But um, the, the Waller injury is, is for me a little bit concerning because. When, when you see it come across the ticker, I think it was, what was it, ankle, wrist and hand injury? <laughs> it's, you know, it wasn't just one. Obviously, so I think the Raiders are on by this week, aren't they? So yes, they um, a, a slight, I always hate it when someone gets injured before a bye because you then have to wait like a week before it, you get an injury news, don't you? So, yeah, no, no one really knows what with Darren Waller, but we're not going to have any news for another week. So it's a case of if you've got Waller, you can't really do anything with him. you just got to sit and wait. And fingers crossed, as you said, it's nothing significant. I hope that they were just like a case of we got bye week next week. Let's not let's not force it. You know, give him two weeks to recover and, and hopefully he's good to go for next week. Yeah, so sticking with the Raiders as well, Josh Jacobs um, went out with a chest injury during the game. Um, potential rib injury, but again, we haven't seen anything. And as the Raiders are on a bye week, we may not see anything for another week or so. Um, reports are that it could be minor, but we'll we'll have to see what those extra reports are when they come through. Um, Miles Sanders left the game as well with an ankle sprain, um, one to three weeks potentially out. What do you think there, um, Rich? Because I see all arrows up for Gainwell, but I don't know whether that's just my love for Gainwell right now. I think, um, to be honest, the Gainwell hype is probably going to go a bit mental this week, isn't it? I think, look, if we, we don't know how long Mars Sanders is out. We're hoping it's a couple of weeks. We're hoping they've said it's, it's nothing too serious, but they've not given any clear timetable. But hopefully it's short term and he's back soon. But... We've, I've just seen a report before he came live that apparently Jordan Howard could see significant work this week. Jeez. So uh, that's yeah, right in the bottom of the barrel, isn't it? Maybe, maybe that puts some uh, ice on your Kevin Kenny Gamble hype. But look, I think that to me, what I'm expecting to see out of the Eagles is I think they'll they'll have similar usage as they had week like two three, wasn't it? Where it was almost a 50-50 split between Sanders and Gamewell. And I think Gamewell will get the passing game usage and I think Boston Scott will get the rushing usage. It was what you saw when Sanders went down. Gamewell's, Gamewell's role didn't really seem to change. He, he was used in the passing game, he was used on third down, he was used in those hurry-up situations. And then Boston Scott was basically given all the rushing work. Um, I, w- I wonder whether that is what the Saints did last year when Breeze went down and they put Winston in, but Winston didn't start. It was Taysom Hill starting the following week, whether it is just they wanted to stick to the game plan that they had and this week they might dial something else up. 
um, possibly, possibly. get one or the other back more in, involved than what we saw this week. Possibly. I'm, I'm just really concerned that we're going to see a three-headed monster and you're going to see Gamewell get the rushing, uh, the receiving work. You're going to see uh, Boston Scott get the rushing work and then you see Jordan Howard come in for his one-yard touchdown. And it's going to mean that no, none, none of them are fantasy relevant. All of them, uh, you're left scratching your head if you start them and nobody feels good about anything. So we'll move on then, Rich. Jalen Waddle, um, ankle sprain out for potentially four, up to four weeks, but could also return this week. Um, he did return to the game, so is that a good sign? I hope so. Um, Again, watch, watch and see what happens, isn't it? We saw obviously yeah. Dalvin Cook when he did his ankle, he returned to the game, and then that lingered for kind of three weeks afterwards, didn't it? So hopefully it's nothing serious, but it you know it's definitely one to be keeping an eye on this week. Definitely, um, and then. The biggest news of the week, unfortunately, Rich, probably take your earphones out at this point. Um, so we spoke about it a little bit just. So Zach Wilson uh, left the game for the Jets, potentially three to six weeks out with a PCL sprain. Um, the backup for the Jets, I, I don't even know his name, didn't look very quite, good. Quite. There you go. Uh, didn't look very good. So the Jets went out and traded for Joe Flacco. Um, from the from the Eagles, sending a sixth round pick that potentially could become a fifth. The looks of it, getting Joe back, uh, Joe Flacco back in the uh, in the building. How do you feel, Rich? It's just ridiculous, isn't it? You know, if if you listen to any Jets fan all off season, they couldn't understand why the Jets didn't bring in some sort of competent backup. They decided that they were going to roll with. James Morgan and Mike White as a competition in camp, which was just ridiculous because neither of them should be anywhere near an NFL field. Um, and and then, you know, Zach Wilson gets injured and then it's suddenly panic stations and we've now had to, quite frankly, overpay for Joe Flacco. But when Joe Flacco was there two years ago, he, he looked competent. You know, he, to be honest, he looked like a better quarterback than Sam Darnold did at the time. Um, so I think it's hopefully shouldn't be too bad for the kind of additional weapons in that Jets offense, I think you can probably yes, Corey Davis takes a hit, but it wasn't that high anyway. Jameson Crowder probably takes a, a slight tick up because he had pretty good um, yeah. rapport with Joe Flacco, who's there previously, and Michael Carter probably takes you know not not much of a knockdown, but probably a slight knockdown. Um, but it's just a case of hopefully Joe Flacco can pick it up quick. You know, he's he's worked with the Lafleurs and the Shanahan scheme previously. So hopefully he's, you know, a, a quick learn and, and we're seeing him start. Because if Mike White has got to start another NFL game, it's, uh, yeah, it's not going to be pleasant for me to watch him. I think it's it's essentially torture at this point, isn't it? Um, yeah, so I think the only other big news to, to go then would be the bye weeks. We've got the Raiders, which we've already spoken about, and... Um, the Ravens coming up this week. But I wanted to highlight this as well, Rich, because I know that people will get caught out by it, is daylight savings in the US. So the clocks do go back an hour on Sunday, which means the Thursday night game is at usual time, about one twenty for us in the UK. But the Sunday games and the Monday game next week, or this week, should I say, um are going to be an hour early, so they start at 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. UK time. Um, 
and then roughly a midnight kickoff for Monday night football. Um, just wanted to bring that up because I have been caught out by it in the past, uh, not realising what week it is. There's always one week in the season where the US have a, a, a daylight savings roll back a bit earlier than us in the UK. But if you uh, weren't aware, there you go. So do, do yourself a favour now. Set yourself an alarm on your phone as you're listening to this for 4pm on Sunday to set your yeah. lineups because you can guarantee that you'll get to like five and you'll suddenly think, oh, I need to set my lineup. So I go and do it now and all the games are kicked off. Um, I love I love this this time of year because I love it when the clocks change faster in America than they do over here and, and you get that 5pm game because it means that I can watch all of the second game without having to go to bed. So I do love it. But um, but yeah, it's, it is a headache because me being my OCD self, it throws me out of my process <laughs> in terms of I sit down and, and, and do my do my lineups, do my rankings and then go and have dinner. But uh, but yeah, hopefully it shouldn't throw things out too much. So the uh, the dynasty stock market, Liam. So we've got some uh, some big risers and fallers. Um, so focusing on the risers, um, this is just just a super quick one, really, because this stat is absolutely mental. But um just wanted to mention Marquise Brown. We've talked about him a couple of times. He is, by the looks of it, having you know a breakout season. I still think the value hasn't caught up with his production. I still think he's undervalued. But he had 321 air yards on Sunday, which, I mean, normally you talk about a big air yard game being like 150 to 200. For him to have 321 air yards was completely mind-blowing. Yeah, definitely crazy. Um I don't really know what else to say on that. The the only the only thing that I have concerns about is what Bateman is going to do in that offense going forward. He he's come in and he's looked like he is a big part of that um, passing offense right now. But three hundred twenty one air yards is insane. It's insane, isn't it? Um, so another riser for the week was Michael Pittman Jr. Um, so he's currently the wide receiver twenty one in uh, in fantasy. Uh, he saw a twenty three point three percent target share. Um, Liam, is he is he the one wide one to own in in Indianapolis in in what is now an improving passing attack? I mean, when Ty Hilton came back, we saw him get a lot of targets. Yes, it was for one game, but we've seen that Hilton and Paris Campbell can't stay healthy. And if Pittman does, who else is there to throw? Maybe maybe Zach Pascal, but we didn't really see much of him this week. I think Pittman is the one this year, but I do want to see what happens in future years because will T.Y. be around next year? Will Campbell be injured again next year? Will the um, Colts potentially draft another wide receiver or bring one in during the the uh, free agency market because when we all as we spoke about last week the free agency market is pretty good next year for wide receiver position so maybe we see someone brought in to be that one maybe a godwin uh alan robinson but for this year specifically Pittman is going to be the one in my opinion and future years i'm struggling to see that carry on yeah i mean i think I've never been the biggest Pittman fan. I've he, he's producing far better than I thought he would. Um, I don't expect him to keep up this wide receiver two pace. I think he's probably going to fall away, as we said, if Hilton does come back. 
I think he's he's probably a hold. I don't think you're going to sell him for anything more than he, you're not going to get kind of greater than his value at the moment. I think look, he's probably an early second, late first round pick. Um, but I'm not sure anybody's really paying the first for him. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but then the the, the other big riser, and I texted you in uh, yesterday and said, look, we, we <laughs> need to try and shoehorn this guy into the pod because I want to talk about him some more. Um, so it's DeAndre Swift. Look, the, the guy is incredible. He is an absolute, you know, f- phenomenally talented player. Um, we've seen him produce in a horrific situation. You know, everybody was fading him to start the year. Everybody was fading him when he got drafted because of the landing spot. But he's currently the RB2 this year. He's seeing a 20% target share. Uh, the only running back that's got a higher target share on the year is Alvin Kamara. It currently my running back three in Dynasty. Um, he's consensus running back six. Do you think, Liam, that RB3 is too low? I think it's just right for me. Um, I'm interested to see who your running back two is, though. Jonathan Taylor. I thought so. So I think with Swift, you probably got a tier where it's a lot of interchangeable pieces that you're probably looking at. Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, um, DeAndre Swift, maybe someone like a Nick Chubb. Um, but you're also looking at like Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. I think all of those at the moment are anywhere between an RB2 and an RB5, 6 for, for a lot of dynasty rankers. For me, I think Swift does take that RB3 spot. I don't think he quite takes it from Jonathan Taylor, uh, RB2. I think, I think that what Swift is doing is underrated. Um, you know, Definitely. we talk about we talk about the likes of Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, and Jones. You know what they do in the receiving game, where they're not okay. Maybe maybe Najee Harris is, but they're not. You know, twenty plus carry guys. Yet because of that receiving usage, they're able to do more on on less. Basically, I've, I've got a couple of stats here, so I've been running some kind of running back production stats so i'm basically trying to split out rushing and receiving work um deandre swift has scored 93.1 points through receiving so that's receive receptions receiving yards and touchdowns the next highest running back is alvin kamara 73.1 you've then got Najee harris at 70 points uh austin eckler at 69.2 aaron jones 68 so he scored 20 more points as a receiver than any other running back in in fantasy football by the way i'm, I'm not counting cordero patterson in these stats um, is he a wide receiver for you well, he's, he's, in, he's in the data study but i'm not counting him because it reinforces my point a little bit more um but this is a guy that, look, he, he's producing two-thirds of his fantasy points receiving the ball. Yes, the, you know, the Lions don't have incredible receivers. But to me, that receiving usage is so much more reliable. We've seen even the likes of, you know, Zeke Elliott and things like that, where they have weeks where it's difficult to run the ball. You know, the offensive line aren't winning. You go up against the Tampa Bay or something like that. That rushing production isn't as reliable as the receiving production. DeAndre Swift is a phenomenal receiving back. You know, 
he has got to me he is the if you were to say christian mccaffrey has got elite running back potential both as a receiver and a running back okay the only guys in the tier below him for me are saquon barkley and deandre swift because those two have got that elite rushing and receiving usage and potential and i don't think that there's another back in the league that is as good a receiver as DeAndre Swift is outside of Christian McCaffrey. So you have swayed me more to the side that you're you're reinforcing there. The only concern I have is what you said about the receivers, and you said they don't have incredible receivers. Can we say that they have good receivers, Rich? Like. <laughs> No, no. But, who who is know, receiving the ball there? You've got Hawkinson but, who's getting shut down because there's no one else receiving. And then you've got Cephas now on IR, Tyrell Williams now on IR. Now they're not top-end receivers anyway, but those are potentially the two top guys that they brought in or, or drafted. You've got Amon Ross and Brown who isn't doing great. Are we saying that Khalif Raymond is an is not an incredible receiver? I don't think that's news to anyone. They've, they've got that, nobody. They've got nobody. Issue. I'll hundred percent give you that. I'll give you that. They've not got any receivers. Okay, but let's go back to Christian McCaffrey. When he was drafted, the Panthers didn't have any good receivers. They were rolling out Kelvin Benjamin and uh, you know people like that. It's it, 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 it you know Devin Funches, wasn't it? They they didn't yes. have any good receivers. They then bring in. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson. You know, they're good receivers. DJ Moore is a, a, an elite receiver. Are and we yet saying Christian that is still producing as a elite running back, getting opportunity in the receiving game. And I'm saying that that is what DeAndre Swift has got. I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey, but I'm saying he is the closest to being the next Christian McCaffrey because... Put your fingers in your ears if you don't want to hear it, but Christian McCaffrey is not going to be Christian McCaffrey for the next four years. Somebody is going to you know, come in. And I, I just think that DeAndre Swift, if that offensive line continues to improve, if the, this offence, because this is the other thing, is that this offence as a whole is terrible. If the offence improves, so do those you know, trips to the red zone. So do the opportunities to score more touches. He's not going to have to take receptions 60 yards for touchdowns anymore. He's going to get nice little wheel routes in the red zone for, you know, a nice five, 10 yard score. Like the, I just think that to me, DeAndre Swift is, is a properly elite running back. And I don't think he gets talked about enough. I, I do agree with your points. I just don't see him as the next Christian McCaffrey. And that that's kind of maybe what you're was, saying without saying it. Maybe, right. that, maybe that was a silly point. Look, nobody's going to be yeah. the next Christian McCaffrey. There's a reason why he's got the greatest running back season ever. Like it's, it's no one's going to get there. But I think DeAndre Swift has got that incredible talent and that incredible usage that not many people can kind of kind of lay claim to the ceiling that he has. My other concern that I haven't raised yet is what do we see with Goff next year? Got is Goff gone next year? And if so, what are you going to have in place of him? Yeah, are you going to have I, a rookie quarterback because that won't help Swift? I don't think, to be honest, yeah. I think I would be shocked if the Lions see this as a three year rebuild and don't take a quarterback next year. And you've got again. 
even just because there's 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 no you know you can sit here and I'm sure the college guys will will do a much better job talking about the quarterback, but there's no stud quarterback. So maybe the Lions, you know, they sit back and they say, actually, we're going to wait until you know 2023 for our quarterback. We're going to take an elite edge rusher out of Oregon. We're going to go and take an offensive lineman or or something like that and rebuild in the trenches, which is where we're looking to go. And maybe this this offence for another year is built around DeAndre Swift. I think that a top wide receiver is going to end up there, so maybe that does affect the target share a little bit. But my biggest concern is what they're going to do at quarterback, because if they bring in a rookie, I don't think that helps Swift at all. Yeah, yeah, no, you're probably right, but I, I, I think he's too talented to not produce. Basically, I'm, I'm not arguing the talent. I'm going to put that <laughs> out there before I get absolutely pummeled on Twitter or something. I don't argue with the talent. I think he's great, and that's why I got him as the RB three. I just worry about the future at the quarterback position because it's so going to be so unstable. Yeah. So, uh, so our foolers for the week. So the first one is is Calvin Ridley again. It feels like we talk about this very often. I, I I don't know what to make about it. All the stats are there. He has got you know a decent a decent target share. He's seen twenty percent plus. The air yards are there. Like he basically just needs to catch some balls and catch some touchdowns. Um, but he's he's had one top twenty four week so far this season. Do you think that are you expecting a bounce back, or do you think this is there's more? You know, Julio's gone. There's more weapons. They're using Cordell Patterson. They're using Cole Pitts, and Cole Ridley's just sat on the back burner. I really struggle with him because last year I absolutely loved him. I had him in my one of my contending teams, and thought that he was going to be brilliant this year. And now I'm looking back, thinking maybe I should have moved him for someone plus, but. I really struggle with Ridley. I, I want him to be a thing so badly, and we saw him have that talent. But do we see that with Pitts as the quote-unquote wide receiver too there? I just I don't think Arthur Smith is using him the way that he needs to be used. And that struggle, that, that for me makes me struggle to see where this change is going forward. I'm still I'm still a Ridley believer. I think he's still a top ten dynasty receiver. I think he's gonna, you know, bounce back. I, I think he I think he's gonna have a fantastic second half of the season. I really do. I really think he's he's a league winner if you can go and get him and and if you know the Calvin Ridley owner in your league, I said it a couple of weeks ago, if they're starting to think that he's 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 not that top ten dynasty receiver then i'd happily go and buy him right now i think he's a he's a great buy low certainly um and then the other fallers so these are the the rookie quarterbacks so justin fields we've seen have another horror start um and obviously zach wilson as you said got injured people were were hyping up i think justin fields got was a was a qb 10 i think um in the off season at some point i think zach wilson got up to the QB 14 range. It mind-blowing that you know rookie QBs that have never played a snap were being quoted as a QB one. Do you think that they're still elite dynasty assets? Do you think you can, you know, perhaps go and buy lows? Do you think it's time to get out before the bottom falls off and they're never going to be anything? Or I spoke about this in one of my leagues um a couple of days ago. I think Fields specifically is going to bounce back. 
um, and does have that great upside for him. Um, he can run the ball really well. He can pass the ball. We've seen how fast he is. He ran a four 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 at the uh, at his pro day. That's still incredibly fast, even if you do add a bit of a an adjustment onto it because it was a pro day, not a combine time. Um, but with Field specifically, I think that he's just in such a bad um, scheme right now with Nagy that I think when Fields does get a better coordinator, hopefully next year uh, for Fields specifically, um, hopefully next year as a Packers fan, I'm happy with the Bears keeping Nagy for years to come. Um, but with Wilson, what what do you think about Wilson, Rich? You watch him every week. I, I don't get to watch him every week. I hope that he bounces back. But again, this this is your area of expertise. You have to watch him every week. I, I'm I'm really a believer in Wilson. I think that for me, you don't see you every week. You see four or five truly electric throws, and I think that there is probably throws he makes that there's like four or five guys in the league can make. I think he has got that absolutely properly elite upside. I really, really believe in him. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm concerned that. The offensive line has fallen apart. I'm concerned that what I thought was a decent receiver room at the start of the year hasn't turned into that. Absolutely. I think that, for me, he's got the highest variance of, of any quarterback I've seen in the last probably three years. If you told me in two years' time, Zach Wilson was a top five QB in the league and the Jets were a consistent playoff contender because he was you know, being considered in that QB1 tier then I wouldn't be shocked if you said to me that he'd flamed out and the Jets were entering yet another rebuild with the you know the fifth high drafted quarterback in the last <laughs> fifteen years. I wouldn't be shocked. I think he is you know he has literally got every range of outcomes you can believe. I think from a fancy perspective, look, you know me, I'm always looking to to buy low, but I also think that QBH is massively overvalued. So if I can get him for a late first. I'm probably happy paying that, but yeah, I'm, I'm probably just gonna gonna sit and watch and and let others uh, do what they want with him. To be honest, I think the thing that people are going to forget with Wilson, especially after this week, is the lack of talent on the Jets roster. He's not helped. I mean, are you going to argue with me that they're one of the blind teams in talent wise on the roster? No, no I, I would love to be back up. There's not a whole lot there. I really. Do hope that the the Jets get a bit more um, talent there. And the other thing that people f- really forget with the Jets, but seem to remember everywhere else, is Robert Sala's a first time head coach. You've also got a first time OC, Matt. Uh, is it Michael Floor? Sorry, not Matt. Yeah. Um, so you've got two first year coaches that are high up in in the structure at least and one of them is a defensive uh, defensive coach which is Salah so what help does Wilson really have there I mean I'm not saying that they're not good because they're first year head coaches but do we see more improvement as the year go on goes on because these coaches are getting more acquainted and slowly getting into a routine and a rhythm of figuring out what does actually work in the uh, in the league, I just hope Wilson gets some more talent around him because if he doesn't, I really struggle to see the future. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So moving on to our stars of the week then, Liam. You've you've already discussed him. We've already mentioned him. You can uh, wax wax lyrical about the the rookie tie in Phenom. Yeah, so Kyle Pitts is my star of the week. We've got um, eight for um, eight targets for seven receptions and 163 yards. To me, as a tight end, that is insane, having 163 yards in any game. Um, he didn't score a touchdown, but he didn't need to score a touchdown to be the tight end two on the week. Um, to me, that's just incredible rich and if we see this type of usage do you think that this will become the norm for Pitts? do you think that he's going to become this elite tight end this is why i wanted to put him in here was we haven't really talked about his future since the start of the season basically when we both said the price is way too high we're penciling a rookie tight end to be a, a tight end one going or a top three tight end going forward. Pitts for me, I think we we need to see a little bit more for me to put him there. But as you said earlier, I think put him in, in the the range of Noah Fant, for example, is isn't too far fetched. I think that's exactly where I'd put him right now. So I'm on record as saying that having Carl Pitts as the Titan 2 was absolutely ludicrous, okay? That was the DLF ADP in September. Um, I was on record as saying it was absolutely obscene. Um, I've moved Carl Pitts up to my Titan 3 in Dynasty. Um, I, I, I think that... If we can't expect this every week, I think that this. I should hope not. It's 163 <laughs> yards. That's more this, than this, some quarterbacks threw for this week. Yeah, look, that's an absolute ceiling. I think if you're expecting him to put up that sort of stats every week, you're doing yourself a disservice. But look, he's, he's going to be a top five tight end this year. And to me, if you've got a rookie that a team has invested as much as they have in him, that's a top five producer in year one then to me, he's, he's got to be in that top three tight end potential. You know, if, if we saw Najee Harris finishes the season as a, a top five RB, then he's he's going to be in that, you know, RB2, RB3 conversation at the end of the year. So I think that I'm I'm very much excited and very much interested in him. Um, I think it's, it's, it's where we're going. Yeah, I, I think with Pitts... We just need to see it happen a couple more times. Not saying 163 yards a couple more times. I mean, 100-yard games, maybe a touchdown here and there, and being in the top three as a as a tight end scorer. But I think he's well got the the route to be there now. If you were, if you weren't a contender this year, Liam, if you're a, either a middling team that's on the fringe of a playoffs, or if you were a you know, in a rebuild. Would you take Travis Kelsey or Carl Pitts? Pitts, unfortunately, Pitts. I, which, there, which, there wasn't much thought there. Yeah. There you go. And, and that's it. You know? I think some of that does come down to Kelsey having, um, I wouldn't say an off year, but a down year compared that to his normal obscene production and Carl Pitts having a great couple of weeks. But I think age plays a huge part there. My biggest concern is, does Pitts become the new Engram? 
and having an amazing rookie year and then not seeing anything else for the rest of his career so far. Possibly, possibly. But I I just think that they've invested so much and he's such a talent. You know, I, I was down on him in the first few weeks because they weren't using him as a wide receiver much. He was used, being used in line so much. In the last two weeks, you've seen him used all over the field and he's being used as a wide receiver. So to me, that is, you know, the reason he was so hyped by the fantasy and dynasty community was they were saying, well, this is a cheat code because you're getting a wide receiver, but you can play him at tight end. Well, now he's now he is that, you know, yeah. now we've seen in the last two weeks he is that. Um, my uh, star of the week, now I, I, I always try to avoid the kind of the, the obvious headline star. And <laughs> for me, this is a star in terms of a statistical standpoint, and it's T Higgins. Um, so T Higgins led the league this week in target share. So he had a 41.7% target share. He saw 15 targets. He this had 178 yards. Okay. Chase, Chase is getting all the headlines, and quite rightly so. He was phenomenal. His his game was absolutely mind-blowing. The way he tore apart, you know, one of the better corners in the league in Marlon Humphrey and, and made him look distinctly average. Um, but T. Higgins is to me a, a sneaky buy low right now because I think that. People are hyped on Chase. People are talking about Chase. And I think people are looking at T Higgins and going, oh, yeah, he, he was really good last year, but he's now the wide receiver too. But if this offense, you know, I wouldn't if, – if, do you have any concerns rostering the wide receiver too in um, in Dallas? You no. know, that well, to me – Currently, is that C.D. Lamb or is that Cooper? I don't think anyone's having any issues rostering either. Exactly. And to me, that's the potential that this Bengals offense has. And I think that if you can go and buy T Higgins low, based on the fact that he's not had that blowout week, I do think it's coming. I think teams are going to start shifting more towards Jamar Chase. You know, NFL teams aren't stupid. When he's when he's catching deep balls for touchdowns every week, you're going to start seeing more safety help over the top. You're going to see that sort of cloud coverage over the top of him. I've got T Higgins. He's my wide receiver, seventeen, and I think that you can probably get him cheaper than that right now. Yeah, I I think T Higgins is a great buy right now, especially if that target share carries on. Because um, as I said, that really surprised me when I looked at the show sheet and you drop that in there. Um, I didn't expect him to have a forty percent target share. That's insane. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the deep dive player of the week. So look, I, I suffered through three hours of watching the Jets on Sunday. <laughs> um, I had to have some sort of silver lining to come from it. And uh, and it's Michael Carter. Um, look, the Jets were woeful. The Jets offensive line was woeful. We got beaten up all over the field. It was like big brother, little brother. The same, <laughs> as, it the same as it has been for my entire Jets fandom with the Patriots, to be honest. But Look, Michael Carter, this is his backfield now. Um, I, I wanted to talk about Michael Carter on the week that I had to miss because my little one was unwell. Um, but we saw on Sunday, it is 72% snap share. He had a 60% opportunity share. To me, I think that Michael Carter is, is not going to be a fancy starter this year. Okay, I don't think the Jets are ever going to be in a position in terms of where the offense is, where the offensive line is that he is going to be a top 12, top 24 running back this year. But 
The thing you've got to remember, the Jets have got two first-round picks. They've got the Seahawks pick, which is first-rounder, which is looking particularly nice right now. They're going to have a very high first-round pick, a very high second-round pick, and then they've also got the Carolina Panthers' second pick. They've got what I think are two studs at left guard in Viratacca and left tackle in Beckton. They've got a competent uh, centre in McGovern. They maybe have bring back one of the right tackles in Noah Fant or Morgan Moses. But I'm fully expecting the Jets to draft a lineman high, whether that is a guard or, or a replacement right tackle, and probably go out and spend some money in free agency. If this offensive line next year, if Beckton can stay fit, if Veritaka keeps improving like he has done over the last few weeks, this offensive line could be one of the best in the league very quickly. You've then got potentially Zach Wilson coming into a second year. If, if this offense can take a step forward, which we traditionally see with Shanahan offences, it's the second year where they make that leap. You saw it with Matt Ryan in Atlanta. You've seen it with Jimmy G in San Francisco. You saw it in Green Green Bay. You saw it in Washington with um, Kirk Cousins. I think that if this offence takes that step forward, I really believe Michael Carter could be a top 15 back as early as next start next season. And you can probably go and get him right now for probably playing a second. A second? He's he's probably I mean he's my RB twenty eight just because of, of I think he, you know I don't need to rank him any higher because I don't want you don't need to go and pay that value. Um, but I'm I really like the player. I've been really impressed with him for the Jets in what is as I said a lost season. And he offers that elite receiving usage. You know, he, we saw him in college. We've seen him so far this year. He is a fantastic receiver back and he is very good in space. And I, I do think that if this offense steps forward, I think Michael, Michael Carter could be a, um, you know, a fringe RB1 as early as next year. Yeah, I've got nothing else to add to that. I think that it, we won't see another running back added by the Jets um, unless it is a late round pick. Um, I, I think you've got too many holes on the roster as a Jets um, organization to waste a pick oh, on right. another running back. It's turned just, into Liam, Liam pick on the Jets. Hey, hey you've been picking on me for the entire season. This is my revenge. You're a Packers fan. You've had 30 <laughs> years of Brett Favre and now Rogers. There's no picking on you. And, and another 10 years of Jordan Love. Yeah, less said about that. The better. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, so the spotlight player of the week. So this is a guy that you text me and you really wanted to talk about. So yes. I can, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll seize the floor to you, Liam. You can uh, away you go. So the guy is Javante Williams. I absolutely loved him coming out of college. Um, I had him as my running back too, and it was less of a teardrop between Najee and Javante. It was more of a potentially one A one B role. Um, I loved Javante coming out. Um, Purely on his tape, I know that the you also had Michael Carter, who we just talked about um, in that backfield. But I, I absolutely loved Javante coming out. Um, this week, he had a 50% opportunity share, and um, he just looked so much better than Gordon. Like I don't know how else to put it. I'm talking from a film point of view. You're going to come in with all the stats in a minute. There'll be some crazy stat that I've never heard of before. But from a film point of view, he's just one of those players that has the it factor for me. And when I say that, for those that don't watch film, is 
you can just feel it when they play that whatever they do you get excited about or you think oh wow that was better than I expected them to do I think with Javante we're only going to see the the value rise from now on Gordon isn't around next year unless they bring him back which I doubt they will with how well Javante has been doing in a 50% opportunity share I just think the sky is the limit for Javante running back one next year maybe <laughs> That's some some high hopes. Um, this backfield is just completely mental. I have never seen every single week when I open up the stats and, and go and look at it. It's like a fifty percent split exactly, and I don't. I, I've never seen that. Like, <laughs> normally, when it's a timeshare, it'll be like one back will have like sixty percent, one will have forty percent, and then the following week it might change or whatever. They are literally fifty percent on the dot every single week and it's like right Javante's going to get more receiving work but Melvin Gordon will have the rushes and then it'll flip the following week I, it's it's mind-blowing but it's very interesting to watch and I look I've, I've got Javante in my main home league I've um really keen to uh, to dive into him um I I think that look he, he could be fantastic and I'm very excited about what his potential could be I think I'm probably not as high on him as you. I, do. <laughs> I am excited on him for the rest of the year. Like the Broncos have got a fantastic stretch down the end of the season. They've got a fantastic stretch down the playoffs. So I'm very excited about that. I think with Javante, just for the listeners to know how high I am on him, I turned down a offer in um, you know, one quarterback league, which were two firsts next year. And then it turns into one first this year, one first next year. And I still turn that down as well. Um, I do think Javante is going to become one of the best backs in the league. Um, one of the top 12 backs, fantasy-wise anyway. Uh, he just has that it factor for me. And that, that's what I want in, in a guy that I roster at least. Fantastic. Have we got a, a listener question? Yes. So we have two from Fazian in the... Um, in the YouTube chat, he has been commenting as we've gone along. So, Fazian, sorry we haven't got around to them as we've gone along. Um, just going back to our discussion on pits and the tight end position, he asked, um, how do we, or do we value pits over Waller currently? What do you think uh, about that, Rich? So, yeah, so for me, I've, I've still got Waller ahead of pits. They're in the same tier. They're very close. Um, I just think that I think if Waller comes back fully fit from the bye, we could see him basically be a league winner. And, and I think that his ceiling in the short term is higher than Pitts. Um, so that's why I've still got him higher than uh, than Pitts in the, the dynasty sphere at, at the moment. I think for me, they're very similar. Um, and it really depends on how you're looking at your roster, whether you're looking at winning in a couple of years um, or whether you're winning now. Um, and that really depends on what the rest of your roster looks like. But if you listen to the podcast enough, you know that tight end is the last position that I ever address. Um, and then his other question was around a trade that he's received. So what do you think about this, Rich? He's getting Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette and Darren Waller, but giving up Derek Henry and Zach Ertz in a standard league. So I'm assuming one quarterback. Um, probably no PPR. Yeah, I'm presuming that's that's probably redraft. If that's redraft, then 
yeah, I'm, I'm probably taking that, to be honest. I think if I can get, unless I've got a solid RB2, if I'm getting Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette for Derek Henry, and I'm getting the upgrade from Zach Erster, I'm more than probably taking that. In Dynasty, that's an absolute smash for me. I've got I've got Aaron Jones ahead of Derek Henry in Dynasty. Um, so again, if, if I'm getting an upgrade across the board, I'm, I'm smashing that in Dynasty circles. Yeah, I think with Fournette, people don't realise how good he's actually been this year, um, especially with Ronald Jones not getting the opportunities. So again, I'm with Rich and I'm taking that in both uh, Dynasty and Redraft. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for another great pod. Uh, thank you for joining us if you've joined the live stream. Um, don't forget, you can check out Manscaped. Use the code 5YARD for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Um, also, a little solo plug. I, uh, I actually launched my Patreon site this week. Um, I'll be honest, I've, I've been completely bowled over by the response. I've already got 15 patrons signed up. Um, and uh, yeah, we've, we've been we've been having some fantastic chats. Um, I've been producing some some interesting content, some interesting graphs and things. So uh, if you like my work, by all means, drop me a DM. I can I can happily send you a link. Or it is also my uh, my pin tweet on Twitter. Liam, where can the people find you? Um, as usual, at the FSA tweets, um, or just head over to the at Five Yard Dynasty account, and you'll see both myself and Rich. Um, in the description or in the bio and you'll see our other writers Danny and Lewis um, in there as well to give them a follow we are not many followers away Rich last time I checked which was a couple of days ago we were only five followers away from a thousand on that account and I know we've got something planned for when we hit that so, yes, absolutely. If you're not following, following, go along and follow. As Liam says, we've got a, a, a nice little giveaway planned once we hit a thousand. So, uh, so make sure you're following by the time we get there. Uh, I am at Dynasty Islands. Uh, if you are celebrating, have a happy Halloween, and uh, we will see you all again next week. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.